0: Let's do this.
1: Hello, hello,
0: hello, my gorgeous friends. I am so stoked to be back here with you today. And I brought on a guest that I have, oh my gosh, before I even had a podcast, she was on my dream list of, okay, she has a message I want her to share This is another amazing human that I met through the strong moms community. We both write for the strong moms blog and she is a, she's a seasoned mama. She's got a 21 year old and a 19 year old. And she just, she's one of those people who the second I heard her speak, the second I saw her face, I was like. Oh my gosh, I love you. I want to be your friend. Can we please be friends? Right. And she she just has that soul and that spirit that you just want to you want to learn from her. You want to be friends with her. You want, you just want to sit at her feet and just soak in all the wisdom. So she is going to share. A little bit about her season of life especially with those of us newer mamas who've got all the littles <laughs> and she's just here to to help us through really and to share some of her wisdom with us so
1: miss alia welcome welcome thank you so much and i feel exactly the same way about you soul sisters
0: yes exactly one of those like uh, you meet but you feel like you already knew each other somehow you know exactly <laughs> Oh,
1: I love it. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you. So I am a 43 year old woman who loves her Jesus. And I have two kids. They're both adults now, which is an odd transition. (laughs) And I am married to a man who still makes me laugh after 24 years. So um, that's kind of kind of who I am
0: I love that okay and you and you mentioned previously you're you've got a 21 year old daughter who lives in Logan is she in school is she married or, Where where's she at
1: she is just working right now um she moved out uh when she was 19 so she's been out for a couple of years she wanted to experience life and do her own thing and so she's been working she has a little apartment up there with some roommates and and she more recently um, was diagnosed with bipolar and borderline so that's something that we've been kind of working on finding understanding and, and finding a new stability and just supporting her in that
0: Wow. Was there like, is that one of those things that you're like, oh my
1: gosh, that answers so many questions that I have. Yeah, it really is. Once we started studying and stuff at first you get, I, I, I would have to say I received a few premonitions that there was something like that going on with her, but because of some of the things that she was doing, I wasn't sure how much was you know, personality thing? Is it a, is it a mood thing? Is it a, a substance thing? I, I don't know. She kind of went through a little phase where I, I didn't know whether it was her or, or other things. And um, she kind of hit rock bottom and, and we were able to get some help for her. And and so that diagnosis came as a huge relief for one, because it gave us some insight into some of the things and from when she was really little, honestly, like she was very intense with her emotions from the time she was two and and I don't know that she had had anything necessarily at that point, just some chemistry imbalances in her brain, and then, um, yeah, especially when she was a teenager there it it just answered a lot of questions, but then you know then you also have fears that come with things like that, and so. I try to educate myself is how I meet fear. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some, give me some knowledge and then I can, and then I can face it a little
0: better. I love that. That's, I think that's a huge nugget right there. I'm familiar with bipolar disorder because my, my dad has it. And, um, and a few of my, I think at least one of my sisters has been diagnosed to have it, but there's a lot of like I've seen both sides of the <laughs> medication coin of like, yes. what happens when you regularly take
1: it and what happens when you don't regularly Right, take it. And my husband, as a police officer, he's mostly seen what happens when you don't <laughs> take yes. it. Yes. And so his fears were even bigger than mine because he had some experience with it and it was all negative. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we've been able to educate ourselves and, you know, hopefully, hopefully she understands the importance of staying medicated and, and there's lots of people who handle it very successfully. Mm -hmm. If they, if they're willing to accept their diagnosis, do their medication, do the therapy sessions and, and they can have a very stable, happy, successful life. So it's not as scary now that I understand it a little bit better. And for her, it's just an adjustment period. And, and it's hard for her to accept that it's going to be a long adjustment, but, but she's doing good. She's doing really good. That's awesome.
0: And I really, I mean, this was not planned by any way, shape or form, but I really just want to put, I know I talked about this briefly in the podcast episode with Elizabeth about your mental health, but I really just want to put in another plug for like, you guys, there is no shame. If you need medication, I feel like there there's this weird stigma that like somehow you're less than if you need medication to have a quote unquote normal mental healthness and i feel like more and more frequently there's there's a lot of people who suffer with depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder or any sort of mental healthness and and they don't even realize what it can feel like to feel normal And then all of a sudden they start taking it and they do feel normal, but there's this like guilt from like, I don't, I don't want to need this. Like I'm broken because I need this. Right. And how many times have we talked on this podcast, you guys about like asking for help and being willing to ask for help. And that's in all areas of life. Right. Right. That's like, hey, yo, honey, like I'm feeling super frazzled today. Will you please go to the grocery store for me? Because I don't have time to do it today, right? Like that kind of asking for help. And hey, yo, doctor, like I I need some help because I'm suffering right. with anxiety or depression or bipolar disorder or what a postnatal depression, I think, is that the word? Post-natal? Postpartum.
1: Postpartum. Postpartum. I was like, that sounded wrong.
0: Why did that sound wrong? <laughs> Thank you. Postpartum <laughs> depression, like you please, 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 you are not broken. If no. you need extra help, like <laughs> and yeah. I'm not judging you. And those who, those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Right. Thank mm-hmm. you, Dr. Seuss.
1: So, and I think it, I think it's going to be more and more common. I think it's so much more common than what we think. Like, if you don't have it, someone you love does, like it's just that common. And I think that's one of the things I've been most proud of, in this space is that she has owned it like she has written songs about it and poems about it and tried to share with others like how she feels and what it feels like to kind of be trapped in that space of not being in control of your mood or your anxiety or your emotions or whatever and and I love that about her she is very gifted with music and I love when she uses her gift to share with others Mm -hmm. you know and and she's being very vulnerable when she does that and I'm so proud of her for that. And so I try to follow suit.
0: Yeah. Amen. And, and one last thing that I want to say about this before we can kind of move on to your sweet son and learning about him, but, and I also feel like the, the flip side is true. Cause I've talked to some moms about this, that like girlfriend, like no shame. If you need that medicine, like you take it and they they'll say like, but I didn't feel better. Like it didn't make me feel better. It made me feel worse. And not just like, oh, I feel guilty for taking this. Like, no, it didn't help. Like it made my symptoms worse. And I really feel like you got to just be in tune with your body for one. Like, just listen to your body, listen to your, listen to your body, listen to your body, (laughs) but don't let the guilt of like feeling like you're broken be the
1: thing that stops you from, from taking it. Well, there's lots of different medications too. That's the other thing that we've learned Um, with this is that there's not, one right one for everyone, like be willing to do the journey and find what works for you. Yeah. If you need the help, then get the help you need, not what somebody else has said works for them because it's not the same.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And you're not broken. If you need help, that's really just the bang, the drum that I want to bang. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, and what was her name?
1: Ariana. Ariana, that's pretty. I call her AJ, but um, her name's Ariana Jaden, and she yeah. prefers Ariana at this point in her life. <laughs> yeah, not AJ. I love it. Cool. You can't get away from me calling her AJ, but she's <laughs> Ariana. Yeah, that's
0: one of my little sisters. She's like got two kids now, and she's like twenty what, twenty three, and we still call her Popper. And so
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> family gets away with Emily stuff. Like <laughs> yep, yeah. yeah. exactly. It's love. It's love. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Old habits die hard, too. It's hard to, like, wait, I've been calling you those your whole life. Like, how,
1: I I can't switch now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so tell us about your son. So my son is 19, and um, about six months ago, he left to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he is in Arizona now, dying of the heat. He wanted to go anywhere not hot and... <laughs> as he says, Jesus, uh-huh. Christ good. <laughs> yep. So, but he's loving it. He's, he's learning a lot. He's learning how to get along with every type of different personality and uh, how to adjust his own, his own needs and, <laughs> and desires and, and compromise and all those fun things that they get to learn either as missionaries or roommates.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. That like transition from adulthood to <sighs> <Yes. laughs> ready here we go like you just oh my gosh I feel like you grew up so fast the second you move out yes. you have to do things by yourself right
1: oh yeah yeah so,
0: and I remember um she and I so because we're both blog contributors for this strong moms group we're a part of this Marco Polo thread and um with all the other strong mom contributors just so we could like get to know each other better and have a sense of community among us and I remember very early on um, in this podcast, hearing her talk about like how she felt just guilty really, because she was getting ready at this point to, to help him get ready to serve his mission to leave. And it was one of those, she just was expressing like, why am I feeling guilt like this? I've known this was coming his whole life. Like we want him to serve a mission because we, what was the very first thing she said? Like she loves Jesus. So guess what? Her kids probably do too. And they've wanted to prepare him. Right. And for him to love the Lord enough to share the message of his, his gospel with, with others. And so she's like, why, why I- am I feeling so
1: like I'm feeling this guilt? Heartbroken. I'm gonna I Heartbroken, <laughs> and then <laughs> I feel guilty about feeling heartbroken. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny because when you asked me to to be on your podcast, um, and one of the things that you wanted to talk about was this weird guilt that comes when we feel sad that they're leaving when it's the best thing for them. I just thought, oh, you should have had me talk about it then because. I'm not really feeling sad about it anymore. And then when we kind of touched base on what we were going to talk about today, I was like, <laughs> actually, if I talk about it, it all those feelings come up again because we love our kids and we raise them to leave. We We want to give them roots and wings. And yet when they spread those wings, you know, it's an end of an era for us. It's so exciting for the things that they're moving on to, whether it's a mission or college or just moving out to go work and to make their own way in the world. And yet, like, for me, it's kind of the end, like, I don't get to have the same kind of interaction with them. I don't get to have the same kinds of conversations I got to when they would come home from school or when we would study our scriptures in the morning or whatever, all of those things that I, I was one of those special souls that uh, I never had any aspirations to have a career. I always wanted to be a mom. That was the only thing I ever wanted to be. And so, I'm so grateful that um, that was in the cards for me, and that I was able to have children and to be a wife and a mother because that was my fondest dream. And so, as they got older, I remember my son was probably about 13 because I remember thinking I have a handful of years left with these kids, like I, and it went so fast, and I knew it would, and. And luckily or blessedly, you know, God prompted me with some things, um, that I would be able to fill my time with my own purpose besides being a mother, because I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in that when it comes to the, to the end of that and our kids move out, we, we don't know what to do with ourselves. I've seen that happen to Mm -hmm. so many of the people that I love in my life that once their kids are gone, they just don't know what to do. do. And you know, so that contributes to that sadness of when their children are leaving is because they kind of feel like their purpose is over. Mm-hmm. But, so, they're not,
0: but their life isn't over. No, so,
1: like, what? No. What I yeah. Think? So it's a really confusing time. But you know, I'm. Uh, when he actually left, I think some of those feelings, the deepest feelings, came just from not knowing what's coming next. How will the interaction look? What will Will he be okay? Will he be enough? Have I given him enough skills? Um, Will he be resilient? I guess is, you know, and and I felt the exact same way when my daughter left. It's just, I still had my son at home to kind of put my, my all into still, but I felt the same way about her. Like it was scary and it was hard. And honestly, that was probably one of the biggest trials of my mothering was to learn how to communicate um with an adult child instead of a a little child because when our kids are at home we are their advisors and their lecturers and their teachers and we're trying to show them um how to do the things they need to do and once they become adults we're not entitled to that description or that um role anymore Mm -hmm. and so to to maintain my relationship with my daughter I had to learn how to um how to communicate differently to listen a lot more and to validate a lot more and to pay attention to the spirit as to what to share with her because if they don't feel seen and heard you can't reach them and you can't teach them And I'm sure that's true when they're younger too, but it's even more true and they, and they can move away from you. They can pull back and, and you lose them if you don't learn how to adapt. And so that was something I had to learn how to do, especially with my daughter.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I've been paying attention for some reason lately, especially that I've noticed a lot of like friends of mine or whatever, they just, they don't have a relationship with their parents and, um, or if they do, it's very, very broken. And, and I just like, I just, what is the difference? Cause I look at my three littles right now and it like brings tears into my eyes, but I like, look at them now. And I'm like, I I know that in the future, like I've seen siblings, fall apart and like they hate each other not just they don't talk to each other or they're not like necessarily friends but there's like real hatred and like no we don't talk you know that I I just like what can I do now to like I mean do you have any thoughts or (laughs) advice about like what can I be doing now to make sure that you know and of course there's really no 100% guarantee right like there I,
1: but yeah yeah i i had those thoughts when my kids were little you know and i just had two of them so maybe a little easier for me <laughs> i think three is that uh, that magic number where it gets a little bit more complicated and then cuz you only have two hands <laughs> instead, mm-hmm. of and, and two then, instead of three and two parents instead of yeah <laughs> yeah and then you know and sometimes i think the older siblings end up with resentment because they end up having like being the ones that are raising the little ones that's how they feel or whatever so two thoughts when you ask me that number one when my kids were little I I kind of tried to follow what my my mom when she brought my sister home and I have three little sisters and I adore them and we adore each other like we have the best relationships with each other and I don't know what I would do without my sisters honestly but especially the one just younger than me we have a a really tight relationship we're 16 months apart and that is probably one of my very first memories is I remember my mom saying, I'm bringing home a present for you. I'm bringing you home a best friend. And That's cute. And we are like, but, but she didn't, I think sometimes we make the mistake of as parents of comparing our kids to each other or saying, be careful, don't touch or um, give them their space. Or like we try to protect them from their siblings, which automatically sets up animosity between them um when my daughter was little I tried to not be like oh be careful or don't touch him or whatever like she literally dragged him off the couch onto the floor so she could look at him and my heart stopped and and I was and I had to oh oh let's you want to hold him let's let's hold it let me show you how to hold him and not get upset because of what she had done because I didn't want to inadvertently make her feel like he was more special than she was I don't I don't know that was just something that I and so and then as they got older when they would come complaining about things I tried really hard to say go work it out you know go work it out and and not to be the one that was the mediator between them to try to get them to communicate with each other we had a a repenting chair uh stair where they would sit and they had to stay there until they could tell me what they had done wrong, not what the other person had done wrong, but what they had done wrong that, you know, because it always, always takes two to tango. And sometimes the one person may be a little bit more wrong than the other, but there's always a better way we could have responded or interacted. And so, um, when they could say that, then they could apologize to each other for the thing that they had done wrong. And so I hope I taught them you know, to communicate well with each other. And they do like to talk to each other. And, and, you know, with my son being on his mission in the past, they weren't able to, to make phone calls home. They only could write, but I'm really glad that he's been able to call home. So he video calls and I get to see his face and his eyes and know that he's actually okay. Or know when he does need a little extra mothering because his eyes don't look so great, (laughs) you know, but he gets to call her too. And, and she misses it when he doesn't get the opportunity to call her. And I love that for me, that's a mom win is that they, that they do enjoy laughing and teasing and, and talking to each other. And so I think that's one of the things that, you know, that we can do is try to, you know, praise them when they're communicating well. And when they're getting along, my mom would walk in the room and say, Oh, thought you being good. And I think how many times as moms do we do that? Or how many times do they really get, they get the loud version of us because of what they haven't done right instead of a vocal version of what they have done. And so I think there's little things like that that we can do that help them to appreciate each other, um, teaching them to find and join each other's successes and to celebrate, you know, making those family celebrations that, Whenever somebody does something great, we all celebrate it's, it's great for all of us. Um,
0: Amen. And if I could just interject for like a second, please. so many thoughts around what you said, and I love everything you just shared. And I feel like this is something that I learned as a kindergarten teacher, for sure, is that some kids are fear motivated and some kids are motivated by reward, right? And Mm -hmm. literally yesterday, my cute daughter, she has tummy issues and she needs, she needs help to poop, um, without going into all the details she, she had, we call it her poop juice every single day, right?
1: She has, yeah, Yeah, I have a few friends, same, same issue, a few friends, kids,
0: (laughs) Yeah, and she she has we had to go to gastroenterologist because she would go two weeks without pooping, and we would have to help her suppositories all the fabulousness, and she'd get super bloated. Like have picture of her when she's two weeks old, so baby, right? Yeah, and anyways, so she has to she has to drink this stuff every day. And yesterday she, she was saying, you know, and she's about to be three tomorrow, actually. And in her cute little words, she was saying like, I have a lot of poop in my bum, but it won't come out. And it was one of those like, sweetheart, you have got to drink this. Like, that means you're constipated. Like she doesn't know that word enough to communicate it, but that I know what she's saying. And, um, so I was telling her like, girlfriend, you have got to drink your poop juice and, I have learned she's very much, uh, fear doesn't work on her. Like when you threaten, 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 like, she's just like, okay, cool. Um, like I don't, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> so if I, and I literally said the exact same thing that I was like, if you don't drink your poop juice, you don't get a treat tonight. And she like, just left it on Well, like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll just go without a treat tonight. I don't care. Right. And when I flipped it and said, Elila, as soon as you finish your poop juice, I'll give you a treat. It's literally the exact same thing, right? It's just communicated differently. It was just, if you don't drink it, I'm not giving you a treat versus as soon as you drink it, I'll give you a treat. And guess what she did? She chugged that, right? Like, and I was like, Bryn, like, you know, this, like, come on now, you know, communicate with her the way that she needs it. And, and I really feel like, that that is a huge piece of like, and communicating with them, helping them communicate with each other and empowering them to like do the things that you're asking and needing and wanting from them. And one more, one more thought that I had while you were talking, I love what you said about like not stepping in to fix things. And I've like had to catch myself a million times about that. Like, just, you know what go don't they're fighting. Yes. Did you ever fight with your siblings? Of course you did. Okay. Like, just let them fight for a sec. Is anyone getting punched? Is anyone bleeding? Is anyone dying? Like, no, it's okay. If they like, if they are figuring this out and then, I mean, would it be better if they weren't screaming? Sure. But you know, like they're figuring this out themselves and and just truly like letting them work it out and then you know sure. if, if it's not being resolved okay like it's it's kind of that concept of the fourth watch god right like if we can emulate our savior and our father in heaven they don't step in and solve our problems the second we ask right like they let us struggle a little bit so guess what we like if we can learn from them and do the same thing for our own kids
1: my mom had some great solutions for that with my sisters and i she'd either if it was real cold outside, she sent us outside to fight. (laughs) You worked it out a lot faster. Another one she would do, she'd make us sit back to back in the kitchen and you had to be touching each other's backs. And you know, when you're fighting, you don't want to touch each other, but you know, you had to sit there until you worked it out. And so, um, yeah, most of those times ended up with a lot of laughing and giggling and, you know, but they were clever, clever. So I think, you know, if you can kind of, do things that are a little out of the norm kind of shock them <laughs> that's too we had a repentance yeah.
0: rug growing up there was this yeah, tiny little doormat tiny <laughs> and we had to sit on the repentance rug until we worked it out and it was like it was that exact same concept of like we're close to each other I don't want to say hair okay then figure it out
1: you know <laughs> yeah 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 and then and then with the adult thing you know I don't I don't think I would have changed my mode of talking to my daughter until like the spirit was pretty clear with me that if I didn't change what I was doing I was going to lose her and we wouldn't have a relationship and she wouldn't want to come to me and she wouldn't want to talk to me and and so at this point um it was after she moved out 19 and so um And things had been kind of struggling her whole senior year, the way that we were communicating, the way I was trying to communicate with her wasn't working. I knew it wasn't working. And so I'd been looking for answers. And I think the great thing is when we seek answers to grow and learn, like God leads us to the things that we need to hear and, and the things that we need to adjust. If we're willing to change, he's willing to help us and in such a tender way. But, um, yeah, I found, I found a book. I found some resources. I had a friend that had, you know, a phrase I needed to hear. And, and, um, so for a minute, I needed compassionate detachment from my daughter. I needed to put a little space between us so that I wasn't so emotionally sucked in. And once I started praying for that, then, um, we did end up with a little bit of distance and it felt really scary for a minute because I thought oh, we're never going to fix this we're never going to come back to this but in that detachment I was able to find you know um, resources that helped me to understand that it wasn't her that was the problem <laughs> you know she might have been part of it but I was a big a big part of the problem and and being um, willing to change that because I valued our relationship enough was huge and I think a lot of times kids that don't have relationships with their parents, it's because the parents aren't willing to adjust. They're not willing to change their mode of communication or the way that they want to tell the kids how to do things. And and once I was able to learn, it was a lot more about listening and validating. Um, and then she would listen to me. Then, then we could have conversations that were back and forth. But before that, I, I felt like, I was the smart one. I was the older one. I was the more experienced one. And she needed to listen to me. Well, they're not going to listen to you when you're in that mode, (laughs) especially as adults, because they don't have to. And why would they? I wouldn't want to. If that was the feeling I was getting from someone, I definitely would distance myself from them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of that quote. "Um, We were born with two ears and one mouth, meaning we should listen twice as much as we talk. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Yeah, and and the other like this is if I had to pick, I mean you guys know like I love quotes and I reference quotes all the time. I've got like two favorites all time favorites. (laughs) One is "Powerful Beyond Measure" by Marianne Williamson, and number two is um, it's actually I think it's by John Maxwell. But people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care, and I feel like if we can learn that, like. Everything changes, and when we when we just show people how much we care about them, then they. And this isn't just with your children; like this is every relationship, right? Absolutely. In in your work life, if you're a leader, if you are a you know spouse, if you are parent, if you're a friend, if you're a sibling, whatever, like you got to let people know that you care about them in the way that they receive that care, aka love languages, right? If you're not familiar with the five love languages, I mega, mega, mega suggest that book, but like letting people know that you care about them. And then when you are very good at communicating that you care about them, they're a lot more receptive to,
1: okay. Oh, they'll come to you and ask for advice where they won't. Otherwise they they don't don't want to care. And you're absolutely right. Like um, one of my favorite speakers from Utah's name's uh, Ty Bennett. And he, talks about being it's more important to be interested than interesting.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And that's kind of your same thing. But it also talks about the platinum rule rather than just the golden rule. Like the golden rule treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's great. But the platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated. And that's kind of where that love language is like to say it in a way that they understand it. And but every single person who lives on this earth wants to be seen and heard. And that's respect. Like, honestly, treating someone with respect is listening to them and validating how they feel, whether you agree with it or not, has nothing to do with it. Validating how someone feels is acknowledging that they feel the way they feel. Mm-hmm. And, and if you do those two things, they're much more open to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And, and then if you're a little bit meek in how you're saying things, you know, give it give it a little bit more response time don't jump right in don't listen with the intent to answer listen to understand and then and then the spirit can share with you maybe some insights that you wouldn't have seen otherwise I the the more I practice that the better I get at it and the more I realize like I'm the problem (laughs) I was the problem and and we can kind of take ourselves out of being the problem then we can have a much better relationship and I wish I wish I would have understood some of that stuff when my kids were little, because I think the relationships would have been better sooner, you know, not that, not that we didn't have good relationships, but it was a different kind of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So I want to ask, you said like, you know, the relationship had to change because I was used to being like, the, the leader, the influencer, the, the teacher, the counselor, the whatever. So what like adjectives, I guess, would you define your relationship now with your adult children?
1: Now it's a lot more listener. Um, it's listening and then paying attention, waiting for them, kind of wait the waiter, the one that, I don't know, I'm the cheerleader now and and it wasn't that I didn't always want to cheer for them when they were little but I was so busy wanting to make sure they did it the right way (laughs) and now (laughs) and and definitely when your kids are adults they make decisions that like you're like I if they were living at home they sure (laughs) wouldn't be doing that or dressing that way or talking that way or or doing those things like there's things that you know you you hope that that they'll make different decisions but But you kind of um, can pull back and say, it's not my space anymore. Like, it's not my mountain to move. It's theirs now. And um, so, yeah, I would say more of a cheerleader now that I, I don't have to. It's not I'm not accountable for their choices anymore. They are. And so so I don't feel the same need to lecture and and try to motivate their changes or control their changes or their choices you know i i don't i don't know i think maybe sometimes as parents when they're little we are a little bit more manipulative than than influencing Mm -hmm. and and i hope i'm not that anymore i hope that i'm the cheerleader but that i can stand back and and let them make their own choices and then just be the one they come to that says this isn't working what should i do different and then they're in a different space to hear you Mm i haven't thought about
0: adjectives. And I think that's a perfect description. And now that you say that, the more I'm like, yeah, like the ones that I know, the really good friends that I have who don't have a relationship with their parents, their like biggest complaint, every single one of them was like, they were just still trying to control me, right? Like they were just still like, or they never approved or they never X, Y, Z, like, And it's like always those two things that one, they're just trying to control me or two, they don't approve of my life, my career choices, my spouse, my decision, my whatever. Like, and I, I just feel like when one of my favorite parables, um, if you're Christian is, is the parable of the prodigal son and just that concept and idea of if you're unfamiliar with the story or it's been a minute since you read it, but it's just this man had two sons and, um, one son decided, you know what, I want to take my inheritance and I want to go right now. And, uh, he did, he, he inherited all his things and he left and he, he spent it all very quickly and in a very fluffy, silly way. And it was all gone. And he found himself like eating pigs, food and he thought to himself, like the servants at my dad's house eat better than this. I am very ashamed of myself and my choices, but I know that at the very least I can go back to my dad and just ask to be one of his servants and I'll be eating better <laughs> than pig's food. Right. And so he goes home to ask his dad, if he can be a servant and his dad opens his arms And just loves him and welcomes him home with loving opening arms and is like, no, you're not going to be a servant, right? Like we're going to throw a party for you and we're going to welcome you back home into this. And I feel like as there's so many life lessons we can learn from that, right? About you know just no matter what choices our children make. And I feel like it really, yes, I'm sure it starts in a huge part in adulthood, but I also feel like it kind of starts in in as a teenager too. That like, they're trying to, to figure out who they are and who they want to be and who they want to grow into. And, and they're, they're, I, I've learned a lot about this, especially recently with my like betrayal trauma coach, but just that it's a very normal part of your development to separate yourself from from your mom and dad as, as a teenager. And so that's why there's a lot of pushback and kickback in their like teenagers, because they're trying to figure out like,
1: who am I and who do I want to be? So, right. right. I, I love, um, a few years ago, somebody said the definition of prodigal is not returning. Like I just, in my mind had always thought it's the returning son. So it's the prodigal son prodigal actually means spending money or resources freely and recklessly. Like how many of us are kind of those reckless kids that we make the choices, you know, we're just, yeah, like you said, trying to figure it out and maybe make really stupid decisions. But if we know that home is where we are cheered for and loved on and, you know, whether whether or not they approve, they still love us enough to validate our feelings and listen to us then it's a whole different feeling than you know, the I told you so type thing. People don't go back for I told you so. They don't, but they do go back for the love. And, and so if you can put your primary focus on that, I love one of my favorite um, people to listen to is Dr. John L. Lund. And he has so many um, audio CDs on relationships. Um, he has one on marriage, which is called For All Eternity. He has one on kind of figuring out your own relationship with God, which is called um, Daughters of Eve, and he has um, one of my favorite uh, ones that I recently listened to is called "Take Your Love to Your Family." Take your love to your family and your frustrations to the Lord, and really, that is the key. If we can learn to do that really well, it really would fix all of the other problems because, you know, there's things that. People don't change because of your criticism. They'll change because of your love and because they figure it out. (laughs) Like some of them do have to learn the hard way. Some of them just, that's the type of learner that they are. Some learn through watching others. Some learn through listening to to someone, give them advice. But most probably learn through the the pain of their own experiences. And and so no matter how much we lecture or uh, criticize them, It doesn't change them, but if we can just share our love with them and maybe hold back a little bit on our criticism and, and find a better time and way to say it so that they still feel loved, especially with little kids, like with my adult kids, they are perfectly within their rights to say, for me to say, I have something critical to share with you and them say, I don't want to hear it. And, and, and I cannot force my criticism on them without pushing them away. Mm-hmm. You know, with little kids, that's part of our job is to teach them the things they're doing wrong so that they can write them, but we can be respectful in the way that we do that too. And I love um, that about John Lund he, he talks about that, that even when they're little like, we still got to respect them. We still got to show them that we care about them, that we love them. And then, and then they'll care more about the things that we have to share with them, even when they're little. Like if they feel our love first, they're going to be more open to making changes and to wanting to to do that.
0: One thing I learned in the dance world, because uh, I mean, constructive criticism is like that's just it's inescapable <laughs> right? And but one of my one of my favorite dance teachers that I had in college actually was talking about like because I wanted to do dance ed. I, that was my plan to be a high school dance teacher and all the things. And then like, nope, <laughs> Heavenly Father was like, you're actually supposed to be a kindergarten teacher. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So, but when I was taking one of these dance You
1: kind, ed- of, you kind of do your little dance ed through the stuff you're doing now though. You kind of, exactly. see you kind of pulled that in.
0: <laughs> and I'm doing a little bit of the early childhood stuff with yeah. this podcast, right? So I got yes. a little bit of both worlds. So I love it. Yes. But one of my favorite things she taught us was That when you're giving criticism, because it's, like I said, it's unavoidable. Like you you just, we, we got to give feedback in, in a lot of areas of life, not just in dance, right. But to always sandwich it with a compliment and Mm -hmm. when, when you're giving any sort of feedback and this is applicable, if again, like if you're a spouse, if you're a parent, if you're in a leadership role at work, if you're whatever, a dance teacher, whatever, right. Anything, Mm -hmm. If if you hide the constructive criticism and constructive meaning it's actually helpful like it's not you're not telling them this to put them down or to hurt their feelings or whatever but right. you're you're sharing this to help them grow right yes. and yeah. if you hide that constructive critis- criticism in compliments and oh my gosh i loved how thank you thank you thank you thank you for xyz you are amazing you're just whatever praise 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 compliment, compliment, compliment. It would really help me a lot and make it about me, right? Like make it about me. Obviously not in the dance world. It's not about me. It's like, it would make you so much better if X, Y, Z, but in the relationships world, it would make me feel so much more loved and valued, or it makes me so happy and grateful when you, right. And then give that constructive criticism and then end it with, but I'm so thankful or I love it when you or XYZ. me. Mm-hmm. Y- and yeah. I'm not perfect at that by any way, shape or form. I know it. It's a good yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and that uh, is one of John Lund's, one of the statistics he uses is for growing and happy relationships, good relationships. It's actually four positives to one negative. Like if you are not in, in your relationships, if, you are not doing, saying four positive things to the one negative thing that you say, the relationship is, is actually deconstructing. And I, that was a huge, that was a a newer one that I heard. And I was like, wow, that, that makes me want to be more aware of what I'm saying and doing and in the different relationships that I have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Positive is huge. Like if you're not, if you're not building up when you're tearing down because constructive he talks about constructive criticism he says, there's no such thing because constructive means building and destruct like when you and criticism means destructive like you're actually tearing them down <laughs> so the way he talks about it I, I like the way that he says it though because you do have to be very intentional about the criticism that you give because it isn't the criticism isn't what's building them up it's what they do with it yeah so if we're if you're delivering it with a lot of love they're more, more likely to use that criticism to build themselves back up but if you, but if you're just delivering criticism, you're just tearing them down. There's nothing positive about what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, I, and then it goes right back to that. If people don't care about how much mm-hmm. if people don't care about how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. right. So you can right. Just, and one thing that I learned recently, actually, um, I was talking about my marriage with one of my, one of my coaches, my one-on-one coach, And I was talking about how, like, I just feel like it's, you know, we're we're doing fine. We're doing great, but I just, I know we could be better. And he was like, okay, well, when's the last time you told him, thank you. And I was like, well, I mean like last night, because he did the dishes and I was thankful. And he was like, okay, so like, how did you tell him thank you? And I was like, I said, thanks for doing the dishes, babe. And he was like, Okay, but like Bryn, like this is you. Like when you get excited about stuff, and when like you you like at, do dance parties all over your kitchen, you like whatever. You get all excited and like awesome about it. And so when you when you're giving someone praise and just like, hey, thanks for doing the dishes, like that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's underwhelming. But it's not. It's yeah, it's very <laughs> underwhelming. And so he was like, be be you when you're like genuinely praising him. And like, I mean, you might feel a little bit ridiculous, but I mean, do you feel ridiculous when you're like shouting out and jumping around and dancing and celebrating everybody else in your life who does great things, right? And so that night when he came home, I like, he was home late and it was, it would have been very easy for me to like, I'm not doing it because he's not home when he said he was going to be and I'm mad, right? But instead we like, ran to the door and like dad's home right and we like I made up a song spur of the moment I don't even remember how it went right but it was like Daddy is home daddy's home right and whatever and we, I was jumping around and dancing and whatever and then it was like so cute but like 20 minutes later um I heard my little two-year-old daughter like singing on the stairs daddy's home Daddy, <laughs> right? Like, and just like mimicking this song that I had randomly made up, and it was just like, okay, yes, like. So I think in that praise and everything we've been chatting about, like praising the way, like, like you said, like not the platinum rule, not just the way that you want to do it, not just the hey babe, thanks for doing the dishes, but like, oh my gosh, best
1: friend, you're the absolute best. Thank you for yeah. doing the dishes, right? Like that, right? Right. And saying it in, in the way that they can, they can hear, it. I'm sure like that was so, I'm sure he was worried coming home late, like what he was going to walk into mm-hmm. because I, I know when I've been home late, I worry like it, am I in trouble? Is he, is my spouse upset because I wasn't where they wanted me to be when they wanted me to be there. And it's such a relief when that's not what you walk into. So I'm sure that was huge for him. But yeah, absolutely, you know, we can, when we find out what their love language is, then we understand how they, how they hear love and that I love that
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: they're usually, and you can even John Lund also kind of pairs it down to three, they're either verbal, visual, or tactile. And if you can pinpoint which one they are with your kids too, like when you are showing them love, show it in a way that they hear it. hmm mm-hmm.
0: And I love that verbal, visual or tactile. It makes it, I mean, it is the, the five five years years. it's just three. Yeah. It's more concise. Yeah. It's more condensed. Yeah. That's really cool. So no, that's so good. Okay. Well, I, oh my gosh, like so much value in all of this. And I feel like just the, the littles phase, the the transition to adulthood, even some marriage chat and relationship chat all up in here. It's so, so many beautiful nuggets. So Um, One last question for you. And then I would love to hear just any parting wisdom that you have is just, if you could go back, I mean, may wave the magic wand or whatever, like, and just give us mamas who are in those beginning phases, some advice, like what would your final parting
1: woods wisdom words be? Um, Probably what I was just saying, if I could go back and start all over again And no mom is perfect. I mean, no matter how hard you try, you're going to make mistakes. Like that is just part of it. You do the best that you can and you keep trying. But if I could go back with some of the wisdom that I have now, I would just love better. I would listen more. I would make sure they knew that their thoughts and their feelings had value to me. And and I would build up that part of the relationship I would I would put the dishes and the housework and and all that aside and I would make sure that they knew how much I cared about them and their feelings and and what they were going through because I think sometimes we trivialize you know their problems as small problems but to them they're not small problems because all problems are relative you know we get to we get bigger problems the stronger we are to handle them but with them their little problems are huge to them and if I could go back again I would I would crouch down on their level a little more often yeah and figure out where they were at
0: yeah and I love that and I one of my favorite things I've ever pieces of advice I've ever heard is to listen with your eyes and um and I know I'm not very good at that. I'm a very good, like, I'm going to multitask. I'm going to get a lot of things done. I'm, I'm That's my natural. I'm a Mary, right? Instead of a Martha yes. or a Martha instead of a Mary.
1: Right, right. But I, I think, yeah, that's absolutely where, where I, I would not multitask. I would just set everything aside and, and look in their eyes when I was listening because that's what makes us feel like I know how it makes me feel when someone picks up their cell phone while I'm trying to tell them something (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and then I maybe didn't it might not have been a cell phone when my kids were little but there were other things that I there those things there will be time for those things later Mm -hmm. you're not going anywhere and you'll be glad that you have the time you have them to put your time into when that time comes but you know they they don't stay around for long take some time and sit down and pay attention yeah that's what I would do different okay
0: I love that well you are an amazing human and an amazing mama and I can just feel your love and feel your heart and I I am sure that your beautiful kiddos are just amazing humans because because you are I love, I love the vulnerability that you shared about, you know what, I I did get a very strong prompting that if I didn't change my ways, I was going to lose her. And I feel like that, if we can all just remember that too, to exactly what you said, take, take your love to the Lord or take your love to your family and your frustrations to the Lord. And really just, you know what, I need help. I need help heavenly father. And, and I know I, I dedicated a whole podcast episode to this, but just really, they were his first, they were his children mm-hmm. first and he knows them better than we do. And if, and he wants to help us raise them. So
1: yeah. I
0: think if we can turn, turn to him and ask for help and do our best to live by and love by the spirit, then I, He'll make us more than we could ever, ever, ever be on our own. So
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: So okay. Well, any final thoughts for us before we wrap it up?
1: No, thanks for the opportunity to kind of process and think about some of the things that have been in my heart. <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: Well, and I'm glad I think it's really rad to have like this type of platform to share stuff because now this is something that you can share forever, you know, and like, oh, yeah. I can, I can remember this and I can go back and listen to that. So, yeah. yeah. All right. My amazing listeners. Well, if you are still here, thanks for hanging out with us today. And I hope this was as good for you as it was for me. So I love you and I'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Brynwise. Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace.